1: Uh, Thanks to the Ruminations crew for another great show, highlighting issues around homelessness and rooming houses. Um, My guest today is Troy, who's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and he's going to be sharing how AA has helped him recover from alcoholism, or recovering from alcoholism, depending on your point of view. Uh, So welcome, Troy. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Uh, No worries. Uh, So uh, Living Free talks about basically... Recovering from addictions through 12-step programs, and we have guests on from Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, um, Gamblers Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, Food Addicts, and Al-Anon Family Groups. Uh, and we talk about recovery, and we talk about what life's life, what's life is like now, and what it was like before, and how we got into the program. So, um, Troy, do you want to talk about sort of coming into the program of alcoholics anonymous and yeah you know, your initial thoughts and then what it's, what it's done for you since you've been here.
0: Yeah, sure. All right. I'll try and compress that, compress <laughs> that as best I can. Um, look, about 16, 17 years ago, I, I walked into, uh, into an alcoholic, Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. I was young. I was very off my face on all sorts of things and I, and I couldn't relate. So my first impression was just like, what? 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 You know? Yeah, what the? Um, but life had forced me i won't give you the big story, but life forced me three years later into having another look through going to uh rehabs and uh, detox rather and uh uh here we are quite a few years down the track and a few few relapses and a few having to do it the hard ways to 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 get it through my head that uh I can just have a a, a much smoother not necessarily organized but uh less uh less fran- frantic life yep. through through practicing. Uh, what you get in the rooms of recovery, rather than, um, yeah, so uh, it's sort of, uh, I'm I'm up to almost about three years now, currently, and I'm just finding that um, this time round, that uh, by practicing it, you're just keeping it simple, you often hear this sort of stuff in the rooms, and I guess I'm one of those people that can complicate things, like my head's gone on a tangent right now, and I know I'm, I'm struggling in here to get back to the point that you asked me. But, um, yeah, just coming in was a long time ago and I was going through a lot uh, to do with family struggle, you know, because this is where drugs and alcohol and mental health stuff had led me, was to just basically blowing up my entire life and everyone else's life around me. Um, and so what it's helped me do, uh, as my daughter's about to turn 18 years old, is, um, is get relationships back with the people that I love and care for. That's the most important thing that I've got today, is that I have a relationship yeah. with my daughter and I have a relationship with my dad because I have... Sobriety. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and you're able to rebuild that.
0: Yeah, yeah, well yeah. I've knocked it down and rebuilt it several times. Like yeah. I say, because I've been a, a bit of a chronic relapser in the in in the past, you know, leading up to three years ago. So sort of I've I've had a few goes at... um yeah, destroying it and, and, and rebuilding it. And now it's, you know, like, I've, for instance, my dad will loan me money this week, I'll pay him back next week. That never yep. used to happen, no. you know, <laughs> that sort of a thing. And I've got, I've got a daughter that's almost turning 18 that wants to go at independence, and I'm, uh, AA gives me the opportunity to learn back, lean back and not try and control her, Yeah, you know, to understand that I just need to be in control of me because that's, you know, that's there, was, there was once upon a time when that didn't happen either, no.
1: you know? <laughs> Okay, um, so did AA help you understand what the problem was? Um, yeah, eventually. Yeah, Eventually I got it through, the, you know,
0: the, 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 the a <laughs> bit of a thick skull. Sort of for all the intelligence and whatever else, you know, well-read kind of individual... Um, yeah brass tacks, it just it has through working with with individuals and speaking with individuals in the program and turning up and being a part of service and all of these because you know you've got to be in it,
1: yes, you know yeah. you've got
0: to work it you're know, going to be in it to win it kind of thing. you yeah. can't sit back on the outside and think, Oh, I'll turn up each week and and nothing's going to happen, so it's through learning you watch through the example of other people, you know, and you see that they do the same thing in certain parts of their life the same all the time, yeah. and so follow that. You know, like turn up every Tuesday when I secretary a meeting, open the meeting, cook some sausage rolls, do that. Tuesday's taken care of, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and sort of, uh, yeah, so it's helped me sort of get uh, life back in routine and it's helped me to find passions for the things that I actually had passions for. Yeah. Before drugs and alcohol took over,
1: yeah passion yeah. for life,
0: yeah yeah, well, life for art for for songwriting i 'm not a great musician, but I write ditties right. you know and, and other things, and I can get joy from those things from looking back and seeing yeah what I can create yeah, yeah. so
1: there 's different types of drinkers, what sort of drinker were you
0: well i 'm a secondary drinker, so i 'm a secondary yeah. alcoholic, which is just a binge drinker yep. i 'm yet to be a daily drunk, and when i when I say that, just to clarify for listeners who don 't understand what I mean by that is that if I keep drinking, if I was to keep drinking, this binge drinking up, then eventually it will turn into daily drinking. Eventually I will drink every day, need yeah. to drink every day, yeah. and I hear some horrible stories from people in the rooms and I don't want that in no. my life. So, you know, the, but yeah, I was basically, the short of that, that answer is I'm a binge drinker and uh, a, I have other problems like pop, you know, smoking dope and other things like that, but I guess we're here to talk about alcohol today, so I won't
1: yeah. go on too much about that. So, yeah, but I guess it's important for people to understand that it's unusual to have a, a single problem in life. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so people often yeah. have multiple um, substance issues um, and some people think that just by cutting one of them out, everything will be okay. So yeah. did you find that? Did you think that you could just use drugs or just use alcohol? Well,
0: that's that's what I say when I said walked in 16 years ago. I didn't quite get it. I wasn't really much of a drinker anyway. I was like a binge drinker on weekends. If I had a crutch problem, it was more to do with marijuana and, and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so therefore, I was like, oh, well, I can't relate to these guys. They're talking about drink. I didn't get the fact that you just replace drink, drugs, cheesels or whatever else the problem is with substance or problem, whatever yeah. the thing is that you're putting in that you can't stop putting in yeah yeah Yeah. and
1: and so it's taken me
0: you know a a 16 17 year journey to to really cement that into my head
1: yeah yeah Yeah. a lot of people don't understand the allergy issue with alcohol so do you want to explain that
0: yeah okay well basically what it is is if um if Bob drinks <laughs> Bob Bob might have three drinks and his wife says, You've had enough, Bob and Bob goes home, sleeps it off, gets up, doesn't get cranky, doesn't have a reaction to it. Mm. Whereas if someone close to me comes and says, Troy, you stop drinking, I'm likely to pick them up, put them aside and say, Don't stop Daddy from drinking <laughs> which I actually did with my daughter when she was little. You know, I picked her up from in front of a fridge and said Don't stop, Daddy Daddy will stop drinking. And then we sung uh, Drunken Karaoke all night until I passed out until three o'clock in the morning because I just don't know how to put that down. in, you know, and sort of, yeah. So that's what it is. It's just like, and if I'm in a pub to really give you the idea, if I'm out drinking and I'm, uh, I'll drink mine, I'll drink yours, I'll drink the the, 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 the bit through the ashtray, through a straw, you know, like just to be right out there, you know, and I'm a big guy. And so, you know, in your past, you probably used that a little bit. Oh, I've just taken your drink, mate. What are you going to do about it? You know, and you've just yeah. become such an... Uh, the opposite character to who you really want to be, you know? Yeah, but that's what it can do to you. Is just once I have... If I, if I have... Here you go. This is the simple way. If I have a steak... Yeah. I'm full, I don't have another steak. Yeah. And I'm not going to go out and rob a shop or abuse yeah. anyone or do anything to get another steak if I want another steak. Yeah. But with a beer or any alcoholic drink, or other certain substances, if I put them in my system, then it mightn't be now, but eventually that obsession and that itch inside to have it again will come out and that will manifest itself in all sorts of arrays of
1: (laughs) issues for Troy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how did you find getting back into... AA after your relapses. Was that an easy thing to do?
0: Um, it was easy coming back to Melbourne and doing it because I just walked in and people just said, uh, welcome back. Where the hell have you been? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And other people, you know, because that's what it is. There's a saying in AA which is keep coming back. And so you, you find you don't get uh, the, the lectures or the, the guilt trips. If you're going to feel that stuff, it's probably yourself yeah. and that's probably healthy anyway yeah. <laughs> to help, help you know. But no, I, I didn't find it hard. I found it hard where I was living. Because the groups are small and I was having mental health stuff clouding clouding my vision at the time. This was when I was living back up in Tamworth. And so last gen- or January before last, January a year ago, um, I come back down here to be involved with my daughter. And the first thing I needed to do was walk back into the rooms of recovery and get that Because I was sober and clean anyway, but I yep. do- was doing what's called white knuckling it, yep. which yep. is just out there hanging on. No, you know wanting to drink but not drinking and whatever else and I, I knew that i needed to get back in and see some familiar faces and get back into service projects and get out of me because that's what was wrong with me i was just focusing on poor me and whatever was going on in my life and i wasn't working the program for sure so getting back into it was fairly easy in the sense that like i say just to reiterate when you walk back into a room you've been you go out you have a relapse you come back people shake your hand and say welcome back yeah you know, you don't get a big lecture, a chastisement, or a yeah. uh, what am I saying? Like a, a penalty period, you know, <laughs> or anything else. You know, the only requirement to to chair a meeting is to be sober that day. You know, and and, and sim- simple things like that. Just nice and nice and easy. It's just yep. it really is. Keep it simple. Turn up and uh, be a part of it, and that's what you're encouraged to do. So I didn't find it hard. No, no, it, it, I did find it hard in Tamworth, but that was because of me. I want to reiterate that was because of my head and where I was at and me choosing to find problems that weren't there yeah.
1: yeah so was that about fear and resentment
0: um yeah i guess it is that's it, it really is yeah it's just fear and resentment more more just um oh here we go the same old same old grind of uh just certain personality traits and and i find that if i've got them Great. too they, yeah. they grain against me and, yeah. and especially yeah. myself because i'm only looking at myself when i'm looking at others you know yeah and um and i, I just yeah because of where i was in the headspace i wasn't very tolerant and you know i needed to what I could have done different was just turn up anyway Um, because that's what the program does for you. It helps you medicate that intolerance and that sort of helps you put it back in its box, you know, often, you know, and and so I just wasn't doing it. Like I say, it was me. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, the the focus on yourself is all about the steps, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So what, when did you accept step one and sort of decided that, that, if it was a problem and you had problems, then it was only up to you to do something about it. Right. I did that twice. Yeah. I did it twice. I did it
0: the first time. No problem. Yeah. All right. I can see that this is a problem, but you, you, you dig into it. And then you're on to step two and step three, which is about conceptualizing, uh, you know, spirituality and, and God or whatever else, however you want to put it in your life. And, um, But yeah, it's sort of, I did that, but this is why the constant relapses, because step one has more than one part. Yeah. You know, it's like that I'm powerless over alcohol, which I could kind of get that because, you know, I can remember (laughs) some stuff.
1: Some stuff didn't um, work. You know,
0: and, but it's the unmanageability. It's that little, little comment that says, you know, that my life had become unmanageable. And, and so it's like not, it's kind of understanding it the first time, but that's only sort of mentally, it's not getting it. It's not sinking it in this time around. I've really had to look at that and no matter what I'm doing, whether it's step two through to 12 in my day, if step one hasn't happened completely, if I haven't accepted that I just can't put this stuff in my mouth. And, and, and I am an unmanageable human being, and I yeah. can be without that stuff in my system too.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah.
0: it's accepting that, right? You know, you're going to drive here, you know, traffic's bad, you know, you get frustrated, and accounting for yourself, you know, sort of thing. So it, it's like I'd, three years ago when drugs and alcohol stopped. So I guess coming back into the rooms this time, getting back into stuff, and then really just listening for that step one message every time I'm in a meeting. Because you know, that just really is important. So I mean, that's yep. I mean, it's it's a long time to really have that snap. Because you think you think it snapped. I thought I had it. You know, I yep. thought it was right. Yeah. Thought, thought it was okay. I thought I got it. Now I really, really get it. Yeah. I really get
1: it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the other part of um, the fellowship is that. Uh, the the groups and working together, which yep. which is covered by the tradition. So why are they important?
0: Well, that that's important because, well, I guess the the loose structures there, you know, autonomy, so everyone gets the the chance to. If you're in a group conscience, I guess the way they see that the spiritual function works is everyone's opinion, everyone puts it together, and the decision that comes out of it's kind of the will of God or the will of the universe. And um, so it it gives you a place to practice. It's giving you a place to practice the steps and traditions in, in, in one place, by turning up and being part of group consciences, by speaking to people respectfully, you know, by nutting out problems. You're practicing that for your own life, yeah. for a start. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, just, just on the base pragmatic level, you're learning to, here's a person that I normally wouldn't get along with, yeah. which is okay because there's a percentile of people that we just in life will not get along with. And I'm working side by side with this person that I would never do that with in normal life. Yeah. So that shows me that I can do that in normal life. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and that's the great benefit that, yeah. that comes out of the, that togetherness and seeing familiar faces. And, and um, you know, someone that's got 30 or 40 years sobriety that's never picked up a drink in that time, they're just amazing people to me. And so, the, you know, that's also the benefit is going back to be able to hear even hearing someone that hasn't picked up a drink for today, because that's all yeah. it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, so when you've got 20 people all sitting in a room and they've all said, I haven't drunk today, but I have a problem with drinking,
1: that's the miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the other part of uh, the fellowship is the third part, I guess, is service, is giving back. Yep. So how, how do you give back? Well, me personally, yeah, or just in general, well, me personally. Well, well me okay. personally,
0: I, I, I like to secretary meetings, so I always put my hand up for a secretary position if I can, um, which it just means to explain to people, that just means I open the door, I turn the kettle on, I get the bickies out, <laughs> I, I set up chairs and tables, and I might assign, ask ask someone politely to chair a meeting or, or or however it works, but really you're just there to, to be right open the door. And because I know that I, it's important for me because... If I need to go to a meeting and there's not a door open... Yeah. You know, so meeting, I do yeah. that because of yeah. that. It gives me something to do. It anchors me for at least one day a week. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I say, once again, it, it gets you out of your selfish you. And right. you're, you're just there doing something for people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Ego deflation. Yeah, ego deflation. That's yeah. it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Um, so how... It I I don't really want to go back to your your drinking just yet. That's right. Um, Did you, uh, drinking and using drugs, did you find alcohol led to drugs or not?
0: No. No, No, they were parallel for me. Yeah, so they were either or. I had a very guarded lifestyle just because of the circumstances, but there was distance. Parents weren't big drinkers, didn't have a lot of association, so it was very hard for me to get in the outset. But I didn't. Through an uncle, I smoked dope, and through friends at school, I drank alcohol. Yep. You know, and so for me, they were two parallel and and separate endeavours. I didn't. Is, yeah. I, and I, I don't do well mixing them. Now yep. you know, or we'll, we'll no now because <laughs> it's been three years. But the last the last time I tried to have a beer and smoke dope at the same time wasn't a good event. No. So I've never really done them together. Yeah. You know, um, and they. Did, I don't believe they led to each other, but I may be the exception. You know, or or. Um, I don't see the direct correlation because they kind of happened parallel to each other for me. Yeah. But they, they certainly met yep. eventually. Yeah. Yeah, as they increased. Okay.
1: As, yep. So in NAA, you need to deal with your fears and resentments. Sure. So how have you gone with those?
0: Yeah, I, I did that really early. And so there's a lot of A lot of stuff. That, like, there's still stuff that makes me shaky now. There's one separation from my daughter without getting into it, it just it drives me absolutely insane and I find it very difficult. I try to apply the program as best I can to it. Other stuff where I would all, you know, years ago that would bother me, I'd look back now and think, why was I ever bothered about that stuff? Yeah. You know, it just helps me let go, helps me look at my part in things. Yeah, so, yep, that, okay. that works. Um,
1: so you mentioned earlier about having mental challenges yeah so how did they how did that you know drive you in your drinking days well because we didn't have a diagnosis for it
0: back then but we've worked out that i've got just ptsd i've been through a whole plethora of diagnoses from bipolar to this that to the other and it's just a basic ptsd from a few early developmental life experiences it's not um what do you call that? Uh, combat shock. It's yeah. a different kind yeah. of PTSD, yeah. complex PTSD, I think they call it, um, and it comes back uh, to a whole heap of other things. So I found that with my with my drinking and my drugs, a lot of it now through step work and through looking at myself, I've been able to see that what I, that's the part that I was trying to medicate a lot of the yeah. time. Okay, um, you know this internal rage or this feeling of, you know, because I really was. I'm like you. You look at me now with a beard and everything, yeah. but I'm actually quite a gentle faced, rosy red cheeked kind of little boy and you imagine me as a little boy with a clown shirt yeah you know it was quite effeminate looking and so um for me there was a whole heap of things i was out there trying to prove and do with drugs and alcohol at the same time but yeah i understand that one of the main parts was that i was eventually uh, medicating the ptsd um which is just yeah it was ultimately only made it worse, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It usually does, yeah. Yeah. But the, the, I guess because of PTSD, you know, that, that I'm impulsive, I've I'm, you know, got all these kind of symptoms. And, and so a lot of the times, it's like I say, because the the, the first thing is me wanting to fit in because I'm an adopted child. So there's a little, yeah, you know, if you look thing, back at yeah. it, there's a yeah. little hook that yeah. tells me I don't fit in. And then you... I'm not very confident with women, so I thought that being drunk would make me the life of the party and I'd be cool with, you know, just a whole heap of it, but none of it really worked. So, I mean, if the the question was kind of like, how does the mental health mix with the... Once again, that was parallel. So the drugs, uh, alcohol, drugs, and the surfacing of uh, puberty plus latent PTSD was kind of... Bang, and off we went, and it didn't take me less than 10 years to lose me marbles, you know? Right. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, so we might take a break. Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the indigenous, the poor, and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation, and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison.
0: Depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, where, where the truth is.
1: Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm... On your community radio, 3CR.
0: We are still fired up, and we're still talking about revolution.
1: Um,. So if you're interested, we have uh, about 75 episodes of the show of Living Free on podcast, and you can get to those through our website, which is 3cr.org.au forward slash Living Free. Uh, you can also contact us via 3CR on a phone oh three nine four one nine eight three seven seven, or you can email us on 3crlivingfree at gmail.com, and we're also on Twitter as 3crlivingfree. Um, so I'm having a chat to um, Troy and we, we're talking about alcoholism and the impact alcoholism has on our life until we understand what alcoholism is and how we can do something about it and that's all about doing something personally so there's nothing there's nothing outside you've got to do it's all it's an inside job but you need help to understand what to do yeah that's um, right but it I well, alone can do it yeah I can't do it alone yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah. so we usually go back and talk about you know, how, we, how we got to the situation. So do you want to talk a bit about um, growing up and what, what your life was like and if that coloured your experience you know, to, yeah, sure. to, to seek out drugs and alcohol?
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm an adopted child, uh, like I, I think I've already said, and uh, I, I had a great home life. So that's the the first point I want to make is my parents were were magical. You know, of course they had their personality flaws or whatever else, but I couldn't have asked for a better mum or dad. Um, I speak with mum in the past tense because she's no longer with us. But but it, uh, it um yeah I, I I had a I had a great life like that. I had a few um rough experiences outside of the home, though. I I, I would say in developmental years, which I won't sort of mention on here. I've told you what they are. And, uh, you know, that sort of affected me before I was 15 years old. Uh, I, I didn't grow up in a great drinking environment, though, you know, there's lots of pictures of certain family members who drunk a lot, who you would just consider to be heavy drinkers. They weren't alcoholics. They were like Bob. They could stop when they're told to stop, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so that sort of didn't... Th- uh, I didn't sort of really, you know, you hear a lot of people in the, in the rooms talk about how they had alcoholic parents or alcoholic family or alcoholic influences. I didn't have any of that that I seen as bad. If I got it from anywhere, it would have been from TV or, yeah, you know, you yeah. you think this rock band's off their face and you find out years later Gene Simmons has never drunk a day in his life, you know, or yeah. things like that. Um uh, so it was wasn't till but I but I always had a hole you know because of this uh, I thought it was just because of the adoption thing but it turns out it's because I'm an alcoholic as well there's this this giant uh, hole something missing I'm always trying to shove something in it you know and of course I, I was always trying to uh, impress my father or felt you know I felt great um Devastation if I didn't meet his expectations, and he wasn't a hard taskmaster. By no, the way, this is no. all me. Once again, yeah, yeah. I hope people can hear the language that I'm using. It's yeah. it's about me. It's not about him. Um, so when I got to high school, we'd moved to uh, Tamworth, and we lived in a small town called Carabubula. Um, get that one around your tongue. And, uh, and uh, basically, that was 30k's from Tamworth, and so I couldn't wait. You know, I always had to find a friend to stay with or whatever else. You know, but my first drink at a party was uh, I drank an entire uh, a cask of Nikoff pre-mixed vodka to myself. <laughs> So if that's not alcoholic drinking... Yeah, that's right. Despite, despite the the nicking the K... I, I nicked a can of KB when I was four years, folks, and got my backside tan for it and tried to pass it off as a, as a as a can of Solo to my dad. So already I was lying. But my first real big drink was when I was about 15. And then just whenever I could get, get into it, you know, vodka or whatever else. and so it's, And it was all just about, for me, it was all just about personality and all about being accepted because I was always the... I was always picked on at school, or people would have a go at me or whatever else, you know, because I could talk, you know, I could yeah. use, use my voice. And um, so people found, you know, I, I found that I was just in conflict all the time. And I, I misunderstood something my mum said to me when she was young. She said, J- just say something smart, you know, because I was talking about being picked on. And Nana told me, just punch him in the nose. <laughs> yeah. Dad said, build a bridge. And mum said, say something smart. But I heard smart, smart assed you know, kind of yeah. smart aleck you know, not be intelligent. She was trying to tell me to be intelligent, yeah. you know, but um, I kind of misread it. So I used to get myself in a lot of trouble. So by the time I'd left high school, um, I was in entertainment, security and um, catering and all of that's around drugs and alcohol. Yeah, so that's it's yeah. sort of yeah. basically, so I progressed from, it just got me because I just wanted to be in, in involved, yeah. you know, involved with people, yeah.
1: Yeah, Okay. Um, so did you find that your drinking and drugging was unusual or was that just normal?
0: It was normal for the circles that I revolved in. It was certainly abnormal for my home life. Yeah. However, I didn't correlate that that was a problem because most of everybody else is out there doing it. I just didn't realise that I'd become kind of that bad, you know, that, yeah, I could find my way into... A Drink
1: or a drug for free pretty easily, yeah. Yeah. So, did you have a lot of friends? What do you call real friends, or were they just associates? No,
0: no, it's just using associates. I I wouldn't, um, I would say that out of all of those people in that that time from leaving high school to, to say the year 2000, um, so just, just that 10 year period, I probably speak to five of them,
1: yeah,
0: and we're talking hundreds. Yeah. You know, I've got quite a few of them on Facebook or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> you never really talk much to them or anything else and they weren't really out of out of all of that there's one two 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 real real
1: friends out of that whole. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so working in that environment all the time was that was that an easy thing for you to do? It was just day in day out you you know yeah, because like I say, that, that I was I was a
0: binge drinker, so I wasn't yeah. I wasn't always going to drink. Like during the week, I wouldn't drink. I wouldn't turn up to work and have beers and do whatever. I was, you know, in my security stuff, I'm straight as because I'm yeah. serious. I've got a very professional mindset, so I'm, I'm very serious about looking after people. And and uh, during the catering work, you might drink during the middle, but not not while. But yeah. that's not to say that they're not yet. No. You know <laughs> that if I went back to that, that that that, that would happen for me. But um. No, I, I just found that. Uh, yeah, I, I was. Um, oh, sorry, my brain's gone sideways. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just found it um, in, in work environments because it was accessible and it was free. And, and I was running party houses a lot too. I might mention. Yeah. So because you know you're doing security work, you're working on the weekends. We've got people constantly over. It's just like if you've seen the movie Dogs in Space. With Haven't Michael Hutchins. Well, yeah. there you go. Everyone go and have a reference. And it's, it's just like one of those houses. It's just a, a giant party house with musicians and artists and yeah. you know, trying to recreate Warhol. I don't know what yeah. we were trying to do. <laughs> we are trying to do
1: the 60s again or something. I'm not too sure. Right. Um, so what impact is having somebody who enabled you, What what's the impact on being an alcoholic?
0: Well, well the fact that... More, more so when you talk about enablers, I would consider that to be my grandmother because my grandmother was a pensioner. She lived with us. She had lots of pineapples, <laughs> which for me is $50 bills, you know, because yeah. all she'd do is go to, she had a stroke yeah. and she was functioning. She was compass mentis. She yeah. just couldn't talk well. Mm. But she was always my enabler for chips, cheesels, lollipops, everything, always through my life. And so yeah. every weekend she'd give me money and I she thought I was spending it on, still on, comic books and here yeah. i am getting off my face so the, the impact is that when i found when nan died and when you know my daughter was born and things changed all of that stuff how i used to get it for free or how you know because yeah. I, I never paid a cent for hardly any of this you know all of yeah. a sudden i found myself
1: sure. with the craving yeah. yeah
0: but not with the ability to scratch the itch yeah. you know yeah, yeah. And that's – and also in – I guess that also happened at the time of uh, the relationship and me making my daughter and, and, you know, me becoming a father. Sorry, making my daughter. It makes it sound like a plate. Um, Yeah, me becoming a father and and all of that sort of stuff. But, yeah, certainly the the fact that when the enablers stopped, you know, and then I had to learn through – I had to – like, I wrote my dad a letter in early recovery. Um, actually, I wrote a letter for him to me <laughs> saying, Dear Troy, I can no longer loan you money for these things. And then I sent it to him and I said, Can you sign this and send it back? And we've stuck to that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like in through relapses, like I said, I've had to destroy these things and build them a few times. The fact is now my dad can lend me money. Yeah. yeah. And I will pay it back. Yeah. Because I actually have the agreement with myself yeah. that I'm not going to allow people to enable me to you know yeah. to do that anymore. But yeah, yeah I certainly was uh, was was spoon fed, and when I couldn't be spoon fed, I was very cunning in finding it. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: So how long did it take in this environment for you to you know for it to be too much for you? I think I'm yet to have that. Yeah, you know, if I'm being honest,
0: I got in early. Like yeah. you know, compared to some of the stories I've heard. And I've got to say, if I was to pick up a drink tomorrow and not put it down, I can have all of that.
1: Yeah. Because
0: right? yeah. I haven't had that yet. You know, losing my daughter wasn't necessarily just because of alcohol or drugs. So I wasn't using a great deal. That had to do with other issues we won't get into here. That yeah. Comes to the end of the, Whatever. Yeah. Whatever happened. That happens in right. life on life's terms. You know, yeah. a lot of that stuff. But, yeah, just, um, no, I'm, I'm quite... Uh, yeah, it's all it's all right in the end. It's worked out because I just am able to, yeah, I just know that I just can't, just don't drink. Just don't drink. Just don't stick st- stuff in your system because I know that that's what I'm yet to have. Yeah. Because I said the time before, this is what we haven't, you know, I almost, uh, I had a car accident three years ago and tried to kill myself three times. Yeah. At the moment, yeah. Which we don't need to get into the, the crux of it, but it all happened around the same time. This is why I'm back because that 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 life just got too painful. Life got too painful because I wasn't using. There wasn't stuff going on, but I just couldn't deal with people because I wasn't focusing on fixing me with these tools that
1: I I I knew I knew
0: how to do. You know, I'd put all of that down. So, like I said, I kind of had to do it a couple of times. But yeah, at, at the end of the day, I, I got it through the persistence of of those people that continue to love you despite the fact that you you leave them behind. Which is the people in AA. I yep. mean, when you leave the rooms and you go back out there and relapse, and you come back and you find the same people, probably the same people that shook your hand the first time, yep. and they're shaking your hand again. Yes. you know, and that's what get that's what gets you back. Yeah, yeah, and helps you out. Yeah.
1: Um. So, did you have any um? temper issues as a you know as a drinker was that was that positive? no, I'm,
0: no. A, I'm a really i'm
1: funny sleepy no i'm funny uh, okay i'm just yeah. funny yeah
0: yeah just i'm loud i'm funny but i'm not angry i don't you know pardon me i've got um some reactive responsive issues because of the ptsd but i find that you know when i'm drinking i'm not violent i'm not an abusive husband i'm not you know The the bloke starting the fight. I'm probably the bloke ending the fight, but I'm not the one starting it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And and things like that. Not that I'm a tough guy either. I'm just a trained bodyguard. You know. (laughs) I know how to do it. You know. Part of part of what you do. Because I come up from bouncing from 16 years old when you didn't need a license before we, you know. So I'm I'm part of that old school of bouncing. Okay. Yeah, sort of thing. But no, no. I find that violence was not a
1: great issue in my drinking. No. Okay, thanks. We might take another break. Uh, You're listening to Living Free um, on 3CR, uh, digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Uh, I'm talking with Troy and we're talking about recovery from alcoholism uh, with the help of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, So, Troy, looking back over your life, what are the things that have caused you to think about having another drink?
0: Um, a lot, a lot for me, especially because uh, to, to put it plainly, for the first twenty-five years, I didn't think about, didn't think about it. Didn't have a motivator. It, it. it yeah. was just to be a part of something. That was yeah. the general broad spectrum of yeah. whatever, and then it just became habitual. It's how we lived. But uh, in in the later part of life, or after post my daughter, then it's all uh, it's all been um, the, the activators for me. Sorry, folks, I don't say triggers. I yeah. say activators. That's just a personal reason. Please say triggers if you like. <laughs> I'm not out there to control you. I'm just controlling me. But, yeah, the answer, the answer to that is, is the activators is things around separation. You know, there's a lot of family court stuff, separation from my daughter, you know, trying to share with an uncooperative other parent, and we won't go on bagging the yeah. next misses. Yeah. but I find her slightly uncooperative as she probably finds me that way. And it's all just been a great uh, – I, I finding them a very sensitive soul. And, and so a lot of the time, out of frustration, I just found myself drinking or drugging to not have to deal with the repetitive thought of not being able to solve this problem in my daughter's life. So I've been able to, like I say, she's 18 in a month. We're very close. And it's just like, okay, get out of the nest and go. And I don't have to have that anymore because she's an adult. She's her own person. Yeah. And so a lot of the, you know, but now I, ha- I still have those activators. Don't get me wrong. I have them weekly, you know, especially if I don't hear from her for a couple of weeks or whatever, then, you know, whatever, because I don't like to push either. And, um, you know, they'll still be there. So I have the program to remind me, step one, drinking's not going to solve that. I'm going to become even more unmanageable. And if I feel unmanageable now, (laughs) because I'm angry or frustrated or how dare this happen in my daughter's life, then how unmanageable am I going to be after six drinks walking down the street slightly annoyed? You know, because I am six foot two and have been 152 kilos. Yeah. So imagine that walking at you. Not yeah. good, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. So in AA, there's a lot of, um, I guess, emphasis on looking at yourself. Yeah, that's so right. So how's that helped? Well, that it helps because I have, because of the PTSD,
0: I'm always going back to the initial point. Whenever something, an activator activates a trauma in me, I go back to, the initial event yeah feel it and yeah and feel it and think it and i don't see it i don't have any of that but Mm. certainly it's very hard for me to in the past it's been very hard for me to be able to sort of go but that's not then this is now you know so that's what it is it's a case of that was then this is now for me and i'm able to sort of just take a deep breath this you know pause if it's about anger or rage before you it's before you open your mouth and yeah. it's just been able to give me some invaluable tools and, and like I say, just looking at, and I don't always get that right, mind you. A lot of the time it's, you know, a lot of the time you react and then you respond still. Yeah. It, it happens, you know, it's progression. You watch I watch these guys that have got 40 years up and I guarantee you they still get grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not perfect. They're not perfect. You know, and, but, but that's what it does. Ultimately, at the end of the day, by practicing what you learn from those, by having decent conversations with people you relate to, you know, and by doing a bit of the reading and practicing, being a little bit pragmatic about it, trying not to over and make it a scientific experiment, then then it'll work. Just work it a day at a time. The way I see it is, I've got sixteen hours because I sleep for eight. Yeah, you know, so I've only got to do it for sixteen hours. Only got to manage hours. sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, um, yeah. So part of coming into a fellowship is not being alone anymore. That's right. Yeah, yeah. for me, definitely. Yeah. Yep. So, and also, I think it was as I think we discussed earlier. It was about being unique, but not being terminally unique. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. S- I'm m- more similar to everybody else than I'm different.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in the past, we might have the, the view that we're more different than we are the same. Okay, I'm the same. I've got arms and legs and a nose. That's where it stops, yeah. you know, <laughs> or whatever right. else. They were just random body parts I picked, folks, by the way. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah, and that's where it stops. And it does. It, it, it flips for you. But, yeah. of course, I can flip it back. Yeah. And I'm a great example of how to do that. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I definitely chose to drink on any of those occasions. I definitely chose to bust. I definitely chose to put the program down and just yeah. stuff this. I've yeah. had enough. You I'll know? show them. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. whatever it is. I don't yeah. even think I go that far into it, you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. 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 To be quite honest, or yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I guess around the other part of it is um, if, if you don't drink, you have enormous choice. And so, is that a, a motivator today? Yeah. Well, if I'm not putting stuff in my system that takes away most of
0: my system's ability to focus on anything else other than the thing that it wants me to put in the system...
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: If I'm not waving the rag at the ball. <laughs> then I've got a better chance of negotiating the pit,
1: yeah, yeah, I would imagine, and getting round yeah and getting and, around the obstacles, and,
0: and so the angry bull is the beer, by the way, If yeah. I take the okay. beer, I'm taking on the angry bull, yes yeah. if i don't if I saw so the red rag, the red rag is picking up the drink, so if I don't wave the red rag at the bull, I can just walk through the bull pit. Yeah, you know, which is what the rest of the steps give me is to negotiate the way through life and those traditions too. I put a lot of importance in traditions because that's how to treat groups of people or how to treat ethics. Yeah. You it's know, right? and yeah. the steps is about cleaning out my closet and apologising to those I've personally hurt. You know, that's that's just how I see it. Anyway, yeah. it's for me. Yeah. I'm not trying to rewrite the program. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that's sort of how I interpret those those things weighing up. It's like a set of scales. You
1: know, yeah. balances it out for yeah. me. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of alcoholics have blackouts. Did you experience that sort yeah, of stuff?
0: Yeah, I, I did experience blackouts in the later later lot, but I'd have what I call the rainbow outs, which is I like brown outs, green outs, yellow outs, orange outs, red outs, pink outs, and you can just put whatever you like to those colours because they yeah. all mean something. To me, yeah. they're all really gross, and so I won't go it over <laughs> radio. But yeah, I've experienced all those things. Look, I will be honest, but it's my last big stint by about thirty-five years old, I'm a bed wetter. Yeah, yeah, I'm forty-five now. Yeah, so if I if I drink today, yeah, and don't stop, I guarantee you, I wake up tomorrow with a wet mattress. No, yeah. no, no problem whatsoever.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, the other one <laughs> is about picking up. So did your you know alcoholism's progressive? So yeah. when you picked up again after having a break, you know, in, in AA. Yeah. I went from
0: 12 beers to a, to a, to a carton plus. Right.
1: What's that? 24? Yeah, 24.
0: Yeah. 24 plus.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so in one bust. Right. right. So after about whatever it was, uh, several, several years and then just picked up again and yeah, I was just incredible. Doubled the amount that I would drink. Like, like in in beer, I mean, I know that I drank heaps more like that when I was younger, but then it become more steady too. Like so, when I was, so I'm not a regular daily drinker, but I'd be a regular Wednesday drinker.
1: Okay, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it'd
0: be payday, I'd be on Thursday, Friday, Saturday off by Sunday, so three days on, four days off, or something like that, and yeah. just totally wiping myself out. Yeah, you know, and then going, oh, this is too expensive. Drugs are cheaper. You know, and backwards and forwards, and because sw- I I never stick to one thing, you know, I'm a very impatient and yeah. scattered individual. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So, can you apply the program to other aspects of your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: do. Yeah. Basically, I just accept that. Basically, look, step one tells me that I'm that uh, I'm powerless over alcohol, and that my life had become unmanageable. So, if I see that there's other things that I'm powerless over guess what people places events things all yeah. of other stuff I just replace alcohol with that yeah i'm powerless over those decisions that are being made right now i have absolutely no influence in it even though that morally i think that this is wrong yeah is wrong or yep. <laughs> whatever i have no say or i do have a way to have a discourse with these people i need to write them a letter or whatever else you know yep. rather than um, maybe 20 year ago radical troy uh, who was involved with radio stations making <laughs> blatant comments on the air that would probably get you sued these days and you know just generally generally being a muppet about it yep. yeah you've got more self control you're able to i'm able to look look i'm able to, i've done it with carbs put it that way
1: yeah there you go okay yeah.
0: um i i decided that uh a little while ago that carbs are poisoning me and that i just need to really cut that rubbish out and i've lost another 30 kilos in in or 20 kilos in eight weeks yeah 20 kilos in eight weeks yeah. just just from from uh doing the same thing as i do with alcohol accepting that particular types of carbohydrates are poison so just on a pragmatic level yeah, I, I'm able to do it. Other people mightn't be able to do it. Other people might be told, don't distract yourself with that. Yeah. If it's early in recovery, all you're worried about is your alcohol. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. for people that have got a little bit of time up and can work on other things, sure, absolutely, the steps can be used. Well, we see that. We see it in narcotics Anonymous. We see it in Alcoholics Anonymous. We see it for gambling. Yeah. So why couldn't you use it for your PlayStation addiction, if that's what you've got and you want to get off the couch more? For yeah. yourself, you're powerless over whatever's going on Fortnite or whatever it is that's popular these days and and that my life is unmanageable in other words i'm not washing anything everyone's angry with me because i'm on this video game all the time right same thing yeah i'm doing something yeah (laughs) so so it's yeah absolutely i think the reassurance is that these programs can teach you to apply what we apply to alcohol first to other things that are non-useful in your in your existence
1: yeah um, so, how about facing your fears and resentments? We talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, understanding that they're motivators for you—yeah—how important is that in in understanding you know the way you think? Well,
0: that's that's the whole deal. If I hadn't have gone through that, that process, like it's in the step works, you know, there's certain steps that deal with looking at your part in things and looking at what other people have done to you and then going and making amends and looking at your motivations or understanding why why. You, you're motivated or why that fear drives you this way and so becoming uh, t- being able to go through that process in steps four and five and, and then um later on again in eight and nine where you sort of do it a little bit more in depth yeah um is that's what it does It's that it's, it's that ego deflation again because it, it, it just it just helps you okay what am i part what do i want that i'm being disappointed about that i'm being you know me. What am yeah. I? Yeah. You know, and it's also watching your language. Like when you say "I want," you know, you, you're strung together a sen- a sentences of eyes. Yeah. You know, you've spoken a paragraph, and every sentence starts. Every sentence starts with an "I," and it's all about you and all about centric and focus. And there's good people in the fellowship that will point that out to you politely. Just go yeah. listen to you, mate. You're yeah. all on yourself, yeah. you know, and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, right. Yeah. I think I'm thinking about the other person, like the situation with my daughter, I'm concerned about my daughter, but is it the drive completely about that, or is the drive that there's something a little bit hurting inside me too, and I feel left out, or is that whole being, yeah. screaming out, feed me? Yeah. So that's the part of it that I can address, personally and directly, without any assistance for anyone outside, other than maybe how to do that. Yeah. And then the the other parts of the problem that I can't control, say, in the circumstance with my daughter, I just have to have patience, hope, faith, treat the other person in the circumstance the way I'd like to be treated. And it teaches you that stuff. Yeah. It teaches you to, to, you know, it all goes along hand in hand with service. You start to recognize just how selfish and and self-righteous you can become as an individual. And it takes that away from you. So you talk about motivators to drink when you're not like, stuff them, blah, 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 you're less likely to drink, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay,
1: thank you. Um, well, if you'd like to uh, find out more about Alcoholics Anonymous, then you can phone them on 1300 three hundred triple two triple two, or go online at aa.org.au. Um, that's about all we've got time for today, so I'd like to thank Troy for coming into the 3CR studio this afternoon and sharing his Alcoholics Anonymous recovery experience with us. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we'll be talking about recovery from food addiction and we'll be joined by Alan and Alison from Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous. <coughs>